Hyman Black here on day two of Lake Effect Summit and Expo for Chicago Made and Dynasty Podcast. I'm here with Zach Kaplan with Inventables. How are you doing? Pretty good. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I missed your panel just barely. I was setting up for mine, but you had a panel this morning. Kind of talk about the role that you had in that, what the focus was, and how that went for you. Yeah, so we were talking about how technology is making not just making physical things, but also digital things more accessible to everyone. And how it used to be you needed a big factory or you needed a record label. But today, you really just need like an idea and a little bit of effort because all the tools have become essentially free or almost free to use. Now, I think that's such an interesting concept. Let's talk about that for a second. Is that, do you think it's daunting for people that it's almost, that there almost is no excuse anymore to at least not get started? I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say like every single step of the way is free. But you're right, getting started with so many concepts and so many ideas is free now. Do you think that's daunting for people? I think it actually is. It wasn't today, but there was another panel I was on where uh, we were talking about how the Chicago Public Library has a free maker lab, and you can go there, you can do 3D carving. We have this free software called Easel. You just go to easel.com, and it's free. And I like made a comment that you know it's free or essentially free if you have access to a computer. And she raised her hand and said, well... I have an overdue library book, and I heard that if you have an overdue library book, they won't let you use the computers for free. So it's not really free. And I paused, and I thought about that, and I was like, oh yeah, they actually changed the rule on that, and even people with overdue library books can use the computers for free. Is that true? That is absolutely true. Yeah. That's amazing, though. So even if you have an overdue library book, like, it's game-changing. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. And I think people are just, like, hiding behind, like... Well, I have Island of the Blue Dolphins from like 1996, and I just I'll never be able to 3D print anything in my life. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if it would be that book, but <laughs> that's what came to mind. Um, but that's that's amazing. That uh, how long has, has the public library had the 3D printing capabilities? You know, it's been about two years. Yeah. Now, what what kind of case studies have you seen? You know, as they relate to Inventables, we're going to talk about Inventables. Um, but have you seen any really cool case studies that have come from people being able to use that? Yeah, so we've actually hired a couple people um, who got their start at the library to work in Inventables. Um, so that's been super exciting just because from an employment standpoint, like this is a way that you can learn how to do things and then get a job. That's but, crazy. That, that just blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, but like a lot, of, we're seeing a lot of entrepreneurship happen where most of our customers, like it used to, when I started Inventables in 2002, th- these machines on average cost about a half a million dollars. Today, the cheapest one that we sell is 800 bucks, and if you want to use it for, the software is free, so if you want to do the software at home and then go to the library, you can use it for free. So we're seeing lots of entrepreneurship happen where otherwise people didn't, they couldn't start a one-person manufacturing company. So what kind of things are people making, you know, on the entrepreneurial scale? Like, not just somebody who's like, oh, I need a new hammer, I have a hammer, but, you know, people really like using this really amazing new technology to kind of build it out for their business? We're seeing people first start with what they're passionate about. Uh, They build a fan base. So um, it's been a lot of niche stuff. Like, for example, there's one guy, he makes these little synthesizers um, that are for a specific kind of electronic music. We have a guy who makes all sorts of custom home goods like coasters and bottle openers. Um, There's some guys in West Loop, they make wood frame glasses. Um, They're pretty super cool. Um, there's a, a bunch of stuff on Kickstarter and Indiegogo. These one, these, uh, one group of guys, they made a $1,000 electric scooter. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, three guys did the whole thing, right? Like, it, 
you couldn't do that before. No, not at all. Not even remotely. Not even remotely. So it's it, it's it's changing digital manufacturing and three D carving. It's changing not just what you can make, but more specifically who can make it, because now it's available to anyone. So let's kind of examine this as as kind of a case study the people who are making these kind of things. Because I think that there's people who are aware of the idea of 3D printing. They kind of get the concept. Yeah. But I feel like it's still one of these things that if you had to explain it to your grandmother, you'd be like, it's this thing. So, like, you know, look at the, looking at the scooter, is there a, a size limit to what you can 3D print? Are you making it bit by bit? You're not just printing out a finished scooter, right? Yeah. So digital manufacturing, there's lots of different tools. 3D printing is one of them. 3D carving is another one. Laser cutting is another one. So all of them... You design something on the computer and the machine makes it. With 3D printing, you're sort of building it up layer by layer. With 3D carving, you're starting with a block of material and cutting away. So on the scooter, they actually started with blocks of, or sheets of aluminum, and they carved away the parts that they didn't need, and they were just left with the components of the scooter. That's like the new Michelangelo's David. Exactly. That's, that's amazing. It's exactly. So you can go, you can go online to easel.com, and it's free, 100% free create a login, like an account, it'll even save your files for free, and you just have to sit there and design. And if you use a program like Adobe Illustrator, or Inkscape, which is free, or um, CorelDRAW, you can do your design in there and import it, and then carve it on the machine. So this is the worst thing to ever happen to people who want an excuse for why they can't do something. Yes, I mean... <laughs> because it's all free, it's all accessible, you can save it for free, and then it's just like, oh shit, there's no reason I can't do this even if I do have an overdue library book. Right, because you can even have an overdue library book. You just got to get your butt to the library. Yeah. So let's talk about it's, events. It's game-changing. Like Even also you think about what happened at the library, Chicago Public Library, with U-Media, where you could record your own album. So you get lots of guys and gals rapping or, or doing whatever kind of music they want. Maybe this is an opportunity for them to make some unique merch and sell it. Like Maybe there's different parts, different headphones, different whatever you want that is sort of within your genre. Like what this is making possible is very specific niche products that you can't get at Walmart. You can't get at Target. It's not for the masses. It's for the niches. I think that that's a whole market that's really just developing so largely, ironically. But it's like I I see more and more, you know, somebody will put something on sale through their their merch direct site or whatever. And it's like it's not, you know, Here's our album that you can order from now until the end of time on Amazon. Right. Here's the blue acetate vinyl that there's 500 copies of. Exactly. And they sell out. And they sell out. It's all about that extra value mm-hmm. that's really for the core fans. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about Inventables. You know, your role with Inventables. You founded it. Yep. How did this kind of come together? And, and how have you seen the company's role in Chicago's tech scene grow? Yeah, so when I started, um, it was back in 2002, and the the folks doing product development was predominantly Fortune 500 companies. And so we were basically a service provider to them researching materials. 2009 timeframe, a bunch of things started happening. Kickstarter came out, Etsy came out, Fulfillment by Amazon came out. Social media started to become a thing that you could actually use and in, in, in build a fan base. And we switched from basically an expensive service for big companies to online hardware store where it was free to look at the materials and you just needed a credit card if you wanted to buy the material for your project and inventables started exploding like and then in uh 2012 we added to the materials we added our first 3d carving machine uh 2013 we added um i'm sorry 2014 we added easel 
which was a free design tool, so you can design something and 3D carve it. And then uh, we had uh, the most successful Kickstarter in Chicago last year for Carvey, which is our 3D carving machine. And then uh, next week we start shipping X-Carve, which is 3D carving machine for the shop. So you can do much bigger stuff like furniture, skateboards, um, but it still all works with easel. So it's clear, I mean, it's so apparent talking to you, and you wouldn't be doing this if this wasn't the case, but it's so clear talking to you that this is something that, it's not just like this is a business, but like this is clearly something that is an enormous passion. What's the most rewarding and exciting and electric part of this, you know, that you guys are really putting these tools and these concepts and this software where people can really build kind of the next stage of their, of their work in life? Exactly. So that's the thing. It's like we're focusing on the tools, we're focusing on the platform, we're focusing on empowering people. And what's rewarding is then we put all this stuff out there and what you get back from the community in terms of how they exercise their creativity and how they build up their fan base, it's just mind-blowing. Yeah. Now, why is Chicago a great market? Because it'd be so easy to have taken this idea to like Silicon Valley, maybe to LA, maybe even to Austin. Why, what keeps you guys based in Chicago? Why is the city the place for you? Yeah, so Chicago is really the center of gravity for this whole maker movement. Um, if you think about the history of Chicago and the history of the Midwest, like 14% of our GDP is manufacturing. We're like the biggest single center for that in the country. And so all we're doing with digital manufacturing is we're adding like computers to this manufacturing thing that we already do. And it's, we're making it really cheap. So it doesn't make sense for us to go to Silicon Valley because they're about social media and consumer web experiences. They're not about digital manufacturing. And so it's here in Chicago. But one of the cool things about the way we're doing it is it's we ship everywhere in the world. Like, you don't even have to be in America. You can be in Asia. You can be in Europe. And you order on our website. Like, you just got to go to the website, put in your credit card, and we ship from Chicago, which is another cool part about being in Chicago is we're actually in the center of the country. So it makes it quicker to get stuff to both coasts. So, you know, kind of final question, because I know there's a lot going on today, and I yeah. want to take up all your time, but, I mean, this has been incredible. What are you most excited about coming up in 2015, whether it relates to Inventables and something you guys have happening, something happening in Chicago and the culture shifting here? What's exciting to you this year? I think this year, well, so launching X-Carve and Carvey for us internally in Inventables is going to be huge. Um, but this year, what we're excited about is I think these digital manufacturing technologies, 3D carving, is really transitioning from like the hobbyist community to this, what we're calling maybe like artisan, small business, entrepreneur community. And Chicago has a ton of that in all the different neighborhoods. And that culture is starting to now be put into the products. And so starting to see that first generation, that first wave of stuff that's coming out from people who are just so excited about their particular niche or neighborhood or product category, and they're coming to the world, as opposed to people who are getting these things to kind of tinker with the machines, now we're getting artists and designers who are in interested in getting these tools to make something that they love. And yeah. so I think 2015, like, th this is the year. I mean, I think it's amazing. Uh, it's something that I've seen happening throughout the city. And, you know, I saw it last year at the Chicago Made South by Southwest booth where you guys were kind of like one of the featured guests. Um, this has been very cool. Zach Kaplan from Inventables, man. Thank you so much for taking some time. Cool. Thanks very much. Absolutely.